Well, welcome in to Third Party Observers Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Austin. I got John and Stan here with me as well. Hello. And we've got another special guest this week, Mr. Ian Maul. Hello. Wave to the people. Wait, your name isn't Mooley? No, no, it's Maul. The worst I've ever had was (laughs) for a wrestling tournament, (laughs) someone called me Mauvle. (laughs) Because, like, the U looks like a V, and I just, like, for a quick second was like, do I run with it and become French? Okay. Am I like, huh? <laughs> I shall pin you. And I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be great. Like, just draw a pencil thumb mustache on in, like, seventh grade. Like, a chubby seventh grader with yeah. a bad Beatles haircut. Yeah. That is good to know. I good should probably know. should have known your name. We've been yeah. friends for a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, on wow. our last podcast, I did not know how to pronounce the last name, so I shouldn't have went in so confident. <laughs> How's it spelled? Uh, well, it Yours or the last uh, one? I know how my last <laughs> name is. <laughs> like, I don't know how to spell your I'm name. Shocking, yeah. <laughs> uh, is Mobley. So M-O-B-L-E-Y. Okay. But it could have been Mobley. Yo, Mobley's dope, though. That sounds like a 90s, like like 90s, early 2000s rap group. Mobley. Mm. Yeah. I, I I hope she finds that as a compliment. Yeah. First thing that came to mind was Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. Ted Mobley. Yeah, Ted Mobley. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Ian, you're a photographer. You're yes. a stand-up comedian. It's th- I've, I've sorts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Former trivia host. Former trivia host, still trivia. Current trivia player. champion. Uh, technically, no. We did have a city championship, and we did. It, I, All right. It's, it's an so, asterisk. Um, um, former he's champion. A, he's not a... <laughs> yeah. He's bad at trivia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bad at life. Bad at photos. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, uh, jokes yeah. on you. This is a bad podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a title that we're giving you is Party Master. Party Master yeah. of Tulsa. I have a tattoo on my chest that looks like it's two triangles that are on top of each other. One's facing up. One's facing down. And it looks like a Jewish star, uh, which is a stupid mistake on my far on my part. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because like I got the tattoo and I was like, this isn't some like you know internationally known symbol that's been around for a millennia. Yeah. yeah. And then someone's like, hey, and I was like, ah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and so what my friends want me to do is they want me to fill it in to say party sheriff and then put Ooh, dots oh, on yeah. it and make That'd it look cool. like a badge. Nice. Yeah. So I could like walk around and be like, like what's the problem around here? And I tried <laughs> yeah. it at a party in college once, and uh, it went over to mixed reviews. Uh, like power really goes in my head quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. At any situation, so I was like, "You can't do that," and they're like, "It's not a real title." Yeah. <laughs> You're like the vice president; like <laughs> you can't really do anything. Well, to show it off, you'd have to cut a circle in. in oh, you assumed you I was wearing a shirt at this party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Stan, you don't, you don't like. There was a long oh, time. That kind of party. Well, none of you guys knew me in college. There was a long time where, like, I would hit like 11:30 at night at a party, and I'd be like. Off, like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna sweat less laundry. Yeah. I was doing laundry, like, I mean, I was in college, honestly, like once a month, maybe. Oh wow! Like, yeah, yeah. Oh wow's the deal. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> I shouldn't be here in a lot of cases, but yeah, you do what you can, and you grow up as a person, and so yeah. Now I'm, you know, up to the weekly laundry. It's well, cool. look at you, all grown up. <laughs> the 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 sheer pity in your voice <laughs> really like how dare you a man who didn't know my last name is like trying to talk down to me well do you know my last name oh, crap all right <laughs> 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 do you it's know Lollard. anyone here's last name well you're brewer damn it and then <laughs> he knows me the best uh, he knows me the best your wife was An- was it angel was how it was pronounced or and yeah i knew that but i only knew that because your guys are part of your instagram handles 
Mm. Right? Isn't your like you're like Bruco or Bruja? Bruja, yeah. Bruja, and I think yours is just like your name. I'm pointing to Amy off off yeah. camera. Well, she doesn't um, she doesn't appear on camera ever. Okay, so. that's fine. Um, <laughs> so how is the marriage going? By the way, <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, she I mean, she gets kept in the corner <laughs> <laughs> for literally for the last couple of weeks. She's been a prisoner of the house because uh, my car has been in the shop, and so I take her car to work every day. So she literally can't leave. I mean, there's cool. Ubers and stuff. So yeah, but have you seen any any thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that Mickey Mouse no brought to you by Amy. <laughs> no. Um, and then I knew Mason's because he worked. You're our friend yeah. Mason from, or you're you know um from trivia. A guy named Mason. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew his last name because he worked in the in the industry. Yeah. So like that's the only reason I knew that. He worked as a producer at And once you learn his last name, you're like, I'm yeah, not Yeah, his whole last this. name is a German sneeze. So yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah that's a good way yeah, to put yeah. it. Um so how did, I mean, you're not from Oklahoma. How did you end and up here? So, uh so I started taking photos back when I was in high school. Um my mom was in the industry. Um I worked uh, the weird thing about our high school was we were one of like 10 papers in the entire school or in the entire mm-hmm. country. One of, one of 10 schools. Um they did a weekly newspaper. So we had to make a paper every week. So I was like shooting a bunch. Um, I went and took journalism because I wanted to be a reporter. Mm-hmm. I realized that like grammar confuses me. So I said I can take photos. So I took photos, led to that. Started to go to school um, at Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, they're go Hilltoppers. Really yeah, go Hilltoppers. Absolutely. They're a highly regarded photojournalism school. Um, and then um, from there, I had been interning around the country while I was in school and a little bit afterwards. So I was living in Michigan at one point. Living in Pennsylvania, I was living in Utah, and then I moved back home, and I had the like, glorious period where, like, I like was adult enough to know how to have fun, but I was still like my parents were helping me out, so like I was living with my parents, mm-hmm. so it was like awesome because like I could wake up and apply for jobs, and then like go hit the rowing machine, mm-hmm. and then like go play trivia or Jeopardy, and then like go for a run and like hang out with friends, and I'm like, oh, this will never end, and then I got a job, and it's like. <laughs> All that. <laughs> so I got my first job in Savannah, Georgia. It was not a good fit, uh, I think, for either of us. Um, and then um, I, my advi- one of my advisors, he was a lab technician yeah. at Western. His name was Jim Bai. He actually recently passed this year. He's a great, awesome guy um, and helped with a lot of students. He sent an email to me that was like, hey, Tulsa's looking for somebody. I know that you wanted to kind of get into sports photography, which is the kind of thing that you're focusing mm-hmm. on. Oklahoma, I had known about from their football program and uh, applied. And then I got the job. I had never... <laughs> Oh, I was talking about OU football. Oh, yeah. I just thought you like sneeze like a duck. It was <laughs> yeah. very strange. Oh no! If I sneeze, you'll know. <laughs> okay. Wow! Thank you for the threat. <laughs> yeah. You won't even, know. You won't even yeah. go- this, that sounds you. like the tagline of the worst action movie. Right? <laughs> when you sneeze, huh, you'll know. <laughs> Coming this fall. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I'd never been to Oklahoma, but like that yeah. had been a lot of my life. Like I moved away essentially to go to college at eighteen. And was home for a summer to work at a Six Flags um, amusement mm-hmm. park, and then really never came back home. Like I just, yeah. even when I was home, I'd come home for two weeks and then go to another internship. So like when I lived in Michigan, I remember I came home and I told my mom on her birthday, uh, "Love you, mom." Uh, I was like, "Hey, so I got this internship at the Kalamazoo Gazette," and she was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool." And I said, "Yeah," and I was like, "I need to find a house though," and she's like, "Well, you have time, sweetie. Like there probably aren't houses mm-hmm. open for like the summertime." I'm like, "No, no, I'm dropping out of college." And I'm going to go work at this newspaper. Um, and she's like, what? And I go, it's fine. I have like $400 to my name. I should be able to make it to the first <laughs> No big month. deal. And my mom, like, I remember, like, got, like, was terrified. I was just talking to her about this in the car. 
my dad was the one who like stepped in and was like, listen, like he seems to be taking this seriously. He seems to be good at it. Why don't we just give him a chance? Yeah. Like, why doesn't we let him do this? So I remember I moved to Michigan. Uh, I lived with a dude named Dave who, uh, Dave, you're listening. Awesome guy. <laughs> uh, Dave loved two things, uh, LSD and not, uh, not like also like hand in hand jam bands. So like I came home one time and he was just ripped off of his head, like yeah. out of his yeah. mind. <laughs> blasting this jam band called lotus and i was like hey man could you turn it down and he just like turned it down a little bit and he was like sorry man like when i get into it i get in <laughs> and i was like cool man dave was, yeah, do- dave was dope so i remember like i moved to michigan and like i remember like you know when you start a new job mm-hmm. it pay processing can take a while and they asked me to go shoot an assignment about like 30 minutes away from the city mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know if i can do this and my boss was like what do you mean i'm like i haven't been paid yet I'm like, well, don't you have any money? And I'm like, I have $15 to my name. Like, I was eating one meal a day. Mm-hmm. But like, I wanted to do photography. I wanted yeah. to do this thing. And, my, like, like he gave me money. I remember this. He, like, at, like a child. I was, like, two years <laughs> younger than his daughter. <laughs> and so, like, like gave me money. Like, I was his kid and was like, go fill up your gas tank. We need you to shoot this wrestling meet. Dang. And then, like, went to, his, went to the... Um, and he went to like HR and was like, "Why haven't you paid my like yeah. paid yeah. my photographer? Like he's been working here for a month." And then I remember like when I got paid, like everyone knew because like I was like in the office and I like went out to grab lunch and I got like this obscene amount of like, <laughs> like of co- yeah, I'll have three sandwiches. Like screw it, like, everything's great. Like, I'm, I'm rich. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, don't you miss that feeling? Yeah. Like yeah. when you had like forty dollars in college and you're like, I don't. Uh, like I can eat for a month. Like this is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like now I wake up and somehow I lose thirty dollars <laughs> just from existing. <laughs> but I remember in college, like we'd work at the co- paper, and you would like, you would get your check for a hundred bucks, and you're like, oh my god, like I don't like I don't have to like talk to my parents ever again. Like I can be disowned from my family. <laughs> I'm an independent person yeah. completely. Yeah. And then like within like a week, when you spent it on like obscene amounts of like Schlitz liquor and like <laughs> <laughs> like Thai food. You're like, oh crap. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. Hey, it's all gone. Yeah. It's me again. <laughs> yeah. So So did you come to Oklahoma with any like um I guess like expectations yeah. or like preconceived notions? I mean I'd heard the old like, you know, this is nothing but like, you know, like cowboy country and like and you know going to school in Kentucky, like I mean I remember when I went to school there and you know, there's the whole adage where people are like, oh, you're, they're not going to wear shoes. They don't have teeth and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I'm from northern I'm from northern Illinois. So, like, can, like I know. And I grew up in a smaller farm town, which is funny, which is just like one breed of hick making fun of another breed of yeah. hick kind of thing. Where it's like, ha ha. It's like, what? Their accent's different? They're doing <laughs> the same <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, they, uh, so, I mean, I had some preconceived notions. Uh, I drove into Tulsa on, Satur- on a Saturday. And I went through downtown because I just plugged in Tulsa, my GPS. Mm-hmm. The apartments I were looking at were right, you know, three minutes from the office. So mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And there was literally no one outside. And yeah. I remember I was on the phone with my friend John Hernandez. And I was like, I think I made a mistake. Like, no <laughs> one's outside. Like, they have no nightlife. <laughs> it's Saturday at 7 o'clock uh, in the summer because yeah. it was in August. And not a single person was out. And I was like, well, this is weird. And then Tulsa's been, I've told people this, like, Tulsa's been a like. One of the most unexpected but pleasant surprises I've ever had. In my okay, life. Like, so you do enjoy it then? Yeah, Tulsa's really cool. I really think it's. F- I think like again, it's really easy to make fun of people, but like you know, like I have friends who live in New York that are like, oh wow, like Tulsa's such a small town, and I'm like, that's cool. By the way, I live five minutes from downtown, and I pay 
like your monthly rent is what I pay in five months. Like, <laughs> yeah. So cool. Like, yeah. yeah. It's also like, guess what? Like, I didn't see somebody pee on the bus today. Like, <laughs> you did. Like, you know. And, and, and if pee on the bus is all they saw them do, then yeah, that's a good day. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the thing. I think that Tulsa is, I've always con- like considered since I've lived here, Tulsa to be such a really unique city. And I think the scary thing that's going on right now within the city is like, how do you keep the like heart of the small town while it's trying to get bigger. Yeah. And I feel like I'm really like, that's something we're looking at where it's like, like I'm afraid Tulsa's going to lose its Tulsa-ness because it's going to try to be like, it's like, we don't want to be like Austin. It's like, well, you're doing all the things Austin did. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we don't want to be like Nashville. It's like, that's funny because you're like, yeah. you're like gentrifying the exact areas Nashville did. So yeah. 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 Um, so I mean, you're involved in a few different activities. You got photography, yeah. comedy, trivia, throwing parties. Yeah. What do you, what, I mean, photography, I would guess is your passion. What, what I mean, I, I don't know. I think my passion is like, this is going to sound cliche, but like people, like mm-hmm. all those things are connected. Like yeah. I got into trivia cause I wanted to learn more about people. I like being around mm-hmm. people. That's why I got into hosting. I got into comedy because, uh, I like being the center of attention at times. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, um, <laughs> and I like being around, like I like getting yeah. a reaction out of people and like yeah. the same thing with photography. Like, you know, a reporter at time, if they're in a pinch, they can call somebody and say like, Hey, can I get a quote? You know, photography, I can't ever not, I have to be there. You know, like mm-hmm. this always gets brought up when it snows. Like when it snows um, or we have inclement weather, like so for most people, like snow days are like, oh my God, I'm going to get cozy. I'm going to mm-hmm. get some wine. We're going to watch this movie. Yeah. For me, it's like I have to go out and find other people who are dumb enough to go outside or like yeah. most yeah. of the time have kids that have never seen snow. Um, <laughs> so like, I think that's my biggest like kind of passion. If I had anything is I just like mm-hmm. being around people and I like the, uh, learning around about people and like even people i don't like at least lend to an interesting story so if i'm around people that like i don't like hopefully i can use that to tell about people i do like like you know Mm -hmm. i had to go just photograph ted cruz not my (laughs) cup of tea um if it's your cup of tea stop drinking tea um but (laughs) you know hopefully yes like it's a negative experience but you gotta do that but i think there's that so yeah I think people have always been my interesting thing, but yeah. Okay. So, like, you take pictures and stuff, but, like, how much editing and time does it take before you actually publish a picture? I mean, it depends on the situation and everything. Um, so, like, you know, I work nights, so a lot of time I'm on deadline. So, you know, if I'm shooting an OU game that kicks off at night, mm-hmm. um, most likely if something happens at the half, um, that's going to get in. But, like, you know, we'll go uh, – I'll call back a situation. So, OU played Baylor a couple years ago. And they were down 35-3 at the half, and they come back and won 38-35. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, your first half means nothing because they played so badly. There was turnovers, yeah. and they had this big win. So I remember getting a text. I was on the field photographing Jalen Hurts celebrating with fans. Baylor Stadium's really weird. They have these, like, bushes that, mm-hmm. like, line up. And so he's, like, in these bushes, like, yeah, we did it. But then also, like, he's a D1 athlete, like, stuck in bushes, which is always kind of funny because he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted our sports editor and I said, how much of, like, how, like, what do we need and how much time? And he's like, we pretty much need an entire photo page in 10 minutes. And I said, cool. And Jeez. just ran back. You just kind of, like, get in this focus and get that done. And mm-hmm. I think that's really exciting, too, because, like, mm-hmm. to do those kind of things, um, to photograph and just to kind of get those done on deadline, it's obviously stressful, but that's the exciting part, I think, mm-hmm. about it at times, too, is I remember, like, waking up the next morning and looking at that. And then also with some of those games, I also help out with the Associated Press. So, like, I've had plenty of times where I've shot something, you get it in quick enough, and, like, I've dropped photos before other people, and that will be the difference between what gets picked up by another organization. Because, mm-hmm. like, 
believe it or not, most people are not going to be like, well, I mean, like, is the composition nice on this? A lot of people are just like, this is clearly a photo of someone doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, it's the first one out there. That's what, yeah, that's seriously, yeah. So, like, I mean, you work for Tulsa World, but if another publication, you know, yeah, so like posts a- your photo, how does, I mean, Yeah, so, like, the AP works, we're an AP member paper, so, like, in order to be part of the AP, you have to pay a, like, kind of like a due mm-hmm. or a fee. But then part of that is to like get a discount is like we submit to the AP. So like Ted Cruz was just in town. That stuff will be sent to the AP and that prevents, you know, people from Texas and DC. They don't have to fly to Oklahoma to follow Ted Cruz because nobody wants to have that job anyways. So they get to send that in. Um, Ted Cruz really getting dunked on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, I would say it's shocking, but it's like, I yeah. feel like he's, that is just his goal. And like, you know, yeah. like I guess he does it well getting dunked on. But anyways, um, they like will use that. Um, so when it comes to like, so like I, I've done freelance work for like the LA Times and the New York Times. I have to go to my editor and say, hey, the LA Times called me. They want to do a story on this. And nine times out of ten, my editor will be like, that's fine because it's usually a bigger national story. And we've either done something about it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to OU, I've had a lot of organizations because sports is kind of my strong suit. Mm-hmm. I can't like if I'm working for the Tulsa World, I can't also work for another company while shooting like that. But the AP is different because the AP were a member, so I can drop that. So mm-hmm. like when OU played um, LSU in that uh, Peach Bowl a couple of years ago where they got completely destroyed, <laughs> I got a photo of Justin Jefferson dragging Patrick Fields, who is a safety for OU. Very nice kid. Went to Union High School, which is a local high school here. Um, Really nice kid. I have so many photos of Patrick just getting completely <laughs> like someone's making a career highlight on yeah. Patrick yeah. Fields, and it sucks because he is a great advocate for a lot of things yeah. and a really great kid. So there's been plenty of times where I'll photograph something and I'm like, oh, come on, Patrick, like, yeah. just get out uh, of the frame. Like, get out. Like, I don't want to do this to you. But Jeff- Justin Jefferson is dragging him into the end zone. Yeah. And so I posted that photo, and that was the front page of like the Washington Post, and that was the front page of the Dallas Morning News, and that was the front page. Hmm. And that's always kind of exciting too because I come from a small farm town of six thousand people, so yeah. like. You know, I was just speaking to my high school journalism class the day that uh, Julius Jones was, or um, yeah, Julius jo- Jones was the person who was up for the his execution was going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, he got stayed. But like, I was talking to my class, and they're like, "What are you up to today?" And it's like, "Well, I'm going to go photograph this," and then that got picked up and got picked up by the New York Times. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of cool to go back and say, like, "Hey, like, here's some stuff." You know, that's featured on the New York Times. So yeah, you don't get extra money for it, which sucks because that'd be great. Mm. Yeah. So, they give awards or prizes for good photographs, right? Yes, they do. The Pulitzer? The Pulitzer, yeah. Well, the Pulitzer <laughs> is for... Um, you don't trust my research? <laughs> I don't I didn't know how to You guys that. should know what the Pulitzer is. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did yeah. the research. He just doesn't trust it. I, you shouldn't have to research. <laughs> well, no, I well because I I thought I was yeah. like they, I I knew they did it for journalism and yeah. whatever, but I, and I was thought they did it for pictures, but I just wanted yeah. to like double check and make sure when I wrote it down that they yeah. did. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. and you spelled it right. Kendrick Lamar, uh, Kendrick Lamar has a Pulitzer as well. Oh, he won it for yeah. the album Damn. Yeah, huh. so there was always one thing where it's like you know maybe I'm closer. There's that old adage like the worst player in the NBA is closer to Michael Jordan than you are to, clo- to Michael Jordan. I was mm-hmm. like you know maybe I'm closer to a Pulitzer than Kendrick Lamar and. Kendrick Lamar's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. So. Well, what makes the difference? I mean, like, what makes a photograph Pulitzer worthy? Pul- oh, so, like, I think the one thing that most people don't, uh, like, understand with the Pulitzer is, like, a lot of it is just, like, timeliness. Like, mm-hmm. it is. Like, so Pulitzers are coming out in May. They usually are, like, May. Like, f- last week of April, first week of May is when they announce them formally. They do a dinner in New York. It's mm-hmm. one yeah. through Columbia University. 
and like January sixth will most likely be featured as either a finalist or a winner because what they'll do is they'll have a winner and then they'll have like four finalists. So like either way, it's a great honor because um, there is no other step. There is mm-hmm. no like because right. some of these contests will have different rounds and stuff. Like there is no sweet sixteen. There is like you're like the five people and one of these mm-hmm. people won. So like January sixth was something that was no matter what side of the aisle you stand on was a big monumentous yeah. thing. That photo coverage or that reporting coverage will look at that, and they'll look and see how it's gone with like reporting. If the reporting on January sixth was really good, maybe they'll look at the photos and say, "Well, we've already honored this story. Um, maybe we'll honor something else." So, like, mm. there was a story about um, uh, from the Boston Globe that was really, really well done. That was about a family dealing with two children with I don't know exactly what the non neuronormative conditions that they had, but it was just kind of those struggles about mm-hmm. being a lower income family doing mm-hmm. that. That was kind of shocking because a lot of times, you know, when you're in the small town newspapers, and I've always talked to people about this, which is like, it's kind of frustrating because, you know, with the Pulitzer, you try to do good work, but at the end of the day, it's like you're trying to scream amongst all these other voices. Yeah. But you see a lot of that. Uh, Charleston, West Virginia won a great uh, won a Pulitzer a couple of years ago for city commission stuff. Richmond, uh, Virginia won a Pulitzer. The Courier Journal did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won two in the past five years. They've done a fantastic job in reporting. So yeah. So is it? So it's more like you win it for the picture, but it's more about this so, article that's written with it. Yeah. Well, no. For, so photography separately is just for photography, mm-hmm. and I think the key to that is it's, it has to be a very well done, high level thing, well, high level piece of work, piece of photography that you've done or a story that you've worked on. But it also has to be at the big time. Okay. So the best way to describe it is like. You have to have your career best game in the playoffs. Okay. So like, there's no point in dropping 60 points in a regular season game. You need to drop your 60. Mm. That and you'll see that. And I mean, I've been lucky enough to meet Pulitzer Prize winners, and I have a couple friends who have been finalists. And uh, my former staffer Jesse Wardarski, who is now at the AP, won a Pulitzer for there was a synagogue shooting in um, Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, and she was mm. part of the staff that recognized that. Mm. And I think that's the hardest thing about Pulitzers sometimes is it's very rarely like ever for like it's like the oscars kind of which is like it's never for like a fun thing it's right. like hey would you win it for it's like well yeah. this horrible thing happened i happened to be there and so it's like oh congrats and like that's kind of the toughest thing about journalism is like i remember when police protesting was happening here and my you know my work was getting picked up and you know i had so many friends i were going through it because mm-hmm. it had just seemed to happen everywhere which like again it's kind of a problem that it just kind of happened everywhere <laughs> that police were like yeah we'll just shoot you with chemical deterrence but that's fine um it's not, but anyways, uh, like that's kind of tough because like I could tell like my mom and my dad have gotten to the point where like they're like, hey, this is a really nice thing you've done. I understand that like if you had the choice, you wish you wouldn't have to do it. There's plenty of times I've taken really really nice photos where if I could go back in time, I'd say I don't ever want to have to take this photo. Like yeah. I would wish I wouldn't have to take it. And I know a lot of people that are in that situation, but you know the way I look at it is I'm here and I'm here to represent the community, and if I can make it look visually interesting and also at the same time but more importantly like respectful to those people yeah. that are in that situation mm-hmm. i think that's really hard too i think that you, a lot of people lose that narrative and the kind of the go go go-ness <laughs> of media is like these are people like these people are being you know like we had flooding a couple of years ago like i was standing in people's houses that were like you know i remember i was in a house in sand springs and they still had decorations up from a third grade like from their three-year-old's birthday party mm-hmm. and like it's like yeah, we just had a three-year-old's birthday party, so did not expect for things to go down so much uh, <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? 
Oh yeah, so like you mostly do sports photography. Yeah. But like, is there like a bucket list of things that you want to photograph? Oh god, there's so many. So like, included sports, like obviously, like so I've been lucky enough to photograph a Final Four, all six New Year's Six bowl games. Um, I've photographed um three presidents. Um, I've photographed a couple handful of celebrities. You know, um, you know Carrie Underwood, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, um, that have all come through here and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like bucket list, obviously. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg was uh, Elton John. If we're talking about like a concert that I've had to photograph, that was yeah. the one. That's like been the only time where like, like I was like crying while photographing. <laughs> like, a concert. like he played Tiny Dance. I'm like I can hold together, and then like the chorus came in. I'm like nope. <laughs> Just yeah. like screaming, and yeah. then I looked over, and the other photographer's screaming, and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, bucket list for sure. There would be obviously like World Series, Super Bowl, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, uh, Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, Olympics has like always been my dream. Like I think the Olympics are so such a pure moment of sports, and I think it's such an interesting. Unless you're like, Russian. What'd you say? I said unless you're Russian. Well, I mean, like, y- yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they I mean, don't play. Well, well they well, just cheat. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of research. Yeah, so I was just all kidding. Americans are, yeah, I don't want to get into but it. But I think my, uh, like, the thing is, like, I like the sports that are featured because they are just, like, like, fencing is one of those things where, like, you're really good at and they get, like, one chance for people to know yeah. their name. Even sprinting and stuff. Like, there's phenomenal sprinters that we'll never hear of that can run mm-hmm. point, th- you know, they're point three seconds off a world record. We'll yeah. never hear of them. And mm-hmm. so I'm really fascinated by that. And then pretty much, like, I would love to photograph, like, every NCAA championship. Huge uh, collegiate wrestling fan. I wrestled in high school. So I think that's an interesting sport just because of mm-hmm. the same kind of aspects. But And then, I mean, I would love to kind of photograph an Oscars. Okay. I'd love to photograph um, kind of stuff like that. And then, obviously, I think there's a bunch of celebrities that I would love to, like, kind of photograph. But it's weird because, like, when you photograph them, you have to keep that, like, weird, like, hi, I'm a professional. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Oh, my God. So, how, well, this is kind of off tangent, but yeah. how do you feel about, I guess, about paparazzis? You know, like, I don't know, like... I think that, like, my problem with paparazzi are, like, I think it's not so much paparazzi because here's the thing. Like, people were like, oh, these people are scum. And it's like, well, they're scum because I'm market formed. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is. It's like, oh, my God, why does McDonald's sell Big Macs? They're bad for you. It's like, well, people buy Big Macs. Like, that's (laughs) why. So, like, I love how people are like, oh, my God, these paparazzi are scum. It's like, oh, do you know, like, the latest update about Kim and Pete? Guess what? They're there. So I think there's a respectful way to do it. And I think that, like, I've seen it done where it's like, you know, some paparazzi are just like, hey, like, we're standing back and we're just going to get a photo of so and so. But obviously, when you see stuff like people getting up close and on the car, I mean, it's a human respect thing. And so. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. I saw one time they were flooding Justin Bieber's truck or yeah. something. And I'm thinking, like, hit one of them with his truck because yeah. they were standing in front of his car. It's yeah. like, what do, what do you expect? And I think that, like, you get that and you're seeing that more with just, like, media, especially with, like, in po- politics a lot mm-hmm. and even in sports where it's just, like, this idea of, like, there's people who are trained to do this and I'm not saying yeah. you go to paparazzi school. I mean, that would be, mm-hmm. sounds awful. But <laughs> like, there's a respect to do this and there's yeah. a way that we can all play and get that. And the other thing with paparazzi that's, like, is all those guys are freelance. And because of that, it causes a toxic market. So, like, if people wanted more respectable paparazzi, people could hire staff photographers and, like, pay them a living wage, which I know is a crazy novel concept (laughs) that our country is still fighting with, which is, like, what do you mean a living wage? We said minimum. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) what if the minimum is to stay alive? And they're like, no, we don't like that idea. So that's fine. Well, you mentioned, you talked about your feelings on paparazzi, but how do you feel about, like, the upgrades to people's, 
personal oh, cameras yeah. and how they think everyone thinks that they're you know yeah professional I mean photographers I don't know now. we saw it in, like we've seen it in so many industries cars go faster like everyone had ham like like there was a part where like you could make stuff on VCR like you could make stuff with a handheld camera with Scorsese like ooh no like people who are good at it are good at it mm-hmm. and you're seeing yeah. it in this field and like. There's a lot of old timers that are like, you know, back in my day, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, back in your day, people died from polio. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. just sit in the past. Like, <laughs> that's part of it. You have to, like, evolve and go yeah. with it. Um, you know, I think obviously there's some stuff where, like, you know, there's been multiple movies that have been shot on iPhones. There's a movie called Tangerine that was shot all on an iPhone 8. Like, and it's a really well done movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, that's still a director that made it, that did that, that yeah. still had to find that purpose and. Uh, know how to use that tool and at the end of the day like the tools are going to always get better they always have gotten better like guess what wheels aren't made from stone anymore like the tools have gotten better Mm -hmm. you just need to find a way to like adapt and be better and just like i've never felt threatened by like camera phones yeah no i haven't i mean i think like your sports photography there's uh, definitely like a you need a certain size lens you need some certain equipment and stuff but I've never, when felt adequately equipped with stuff, looked at somebody next to me and said, God, if I had that camera, I would have made that photo. I'm always like, no, no, I know. How, like, I can, I'm the mm-hmm. issue. I yeah. need to figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's basics of photography that regardless of whether yeah. you're using a DSLR, a mirrorless camera, or a cell phone, you've yeah. got to have good lighting. you got to have, like, correct composition. you yeah. got to know how to do that on the fly. And cameras for a while, like, were a, like, social economic border. Like, mm-hmm. people weren't afford- couldn't afford to have their picture taken. That's why you didn't smile in photos. Yeah. Is because it took so long to stay still. And, like, that was their only moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a photo of my great-grandfather. He has two photos that we know of because, like, that wow. used to be what you saved up for years for, right? Yeah. And so, like, you have that. And, like, you know, you looked at it with, like, um, with the protests that happened in Egypt back in 2000, like, in, like, 2011. Video was coming out that we had never seen before. Mm-hmm. George Floyd is the only reason that's the case. The police report came out and said he died of a cardiac arrest event. Somebody filmed that. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing that, like, people are ignoring when they're like, well, everyone's a photographer. I'm like, well, maybe everyone should be a photographer. Like, mm. we're getting more access to things than we have in the past. I think the only thing that's detrimental is, like, obviously there's, like, the whole side of, like, I'm, like, growing up as a teenager, I have young cousins that, like, mm. I could not imagine, like, <clears throat> the way I communicate with friends is by yeah. consistently taking photos. Like, and then that, then all of your mistakes are saved. Like yeah. there's Facebook statuses where I post like where I'm like oh I posted like nine Bonavere fucking lyrics or <laughs> <laughs> yeah I uh, yeah. It, it, the the like where I don't know what is the thing where it tells you like the, the memories like yeah oh it's so embarrassing I, oh I, yeah it makes me want to vomit every time yeah. I'm just like that timestamp of who you are as a person <laughs> yeah. and like at the moment you're like this is cool this is relevant yeah and then you look back on it and you're like. I was a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny when I hear like an older generation be like, all these kids are stuck in their phone. It's like, oh, you mean like when you're a teenager, arguably like your most narcissistic time, you're given a device that says you can make this be whatever world you want it to be. Like you want it. Like yeah. I like you guys were narcissists from when I hear when you guys had cassette tape and hairspray and that's it kind of thing. So mm. um, yeah, I think that's the only thing. But yeah, I think that's when it comes to this, like we're giving access to um, cameras into people that used to not have access for it before. So yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, and it's also cool seeing the, um, the, like the older technology film cameras are like huge right now. People are buying up film cameras. You can't hardly get them anymore just because there's like the vintage <laughs> feel to it. Um, and sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought I knew where my water bottle was um, and I was going to be slick. Um, um, but there's this resurgence of mm-hmm. old technology that is still 
viable, but you're still using like the basic what you need to know about using film. Like yeah, cameras. I think that when you look back at a lot of different things, when you like, I think like when you first are out on your own, you eat fast food because it's yeah. available and it's quick. But then you take a step back and go, well, how can I like do something that takes more time and more thought out? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you're seeing that with film cameras. You're seeing that with fashion. You're seeing mm-hmm. like a lot less fast fashion. You're seeing people being like, well, what if I were to take this and like really invest in learning these things and want to learn all the different basics of it and all the different parts of it? And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I play yeah. around with Polaroids all the time. Yeah, like that's a big thing that I play around with. I've been doing it for a while, um, and I like doing that. And I like f- like I don't photograph my friends with my work cameras. I use my Polaroid. Yeah, because I like having something tangible. That was something mm-hmm. I grew up with. My mom had boxes of photos of us from kids. Yeah, we and did it, too. And isn't that cool to like hold a photo of like mm-hmm. this is me at four? Yeah, like mm-hmm. this is me at four when my parents thought it was okay for me to have this haircut. Like I don't know why. <laughs> They chose this for me. Yeah, yeah they, I don't think they did. I think it was just at a point where it's like, yeah. it's not in his eyes. Like, he won't <laughs> yeah. trip. Let's go. Move forward. Yeah, mine was always like, oh, does he not have to do with anything with it? Great, because he's not going to. Yeah. <laughs> There's times where I just, like, I'm one of 18 cousins, and, like, when my cousins were younger. Yeah. Uh, my mom's Irish Catholic, and so I think my parents, I think that her parents just kept having kids, so they didn't have to do dishes. I just, <laughs> <laughs> and then they had more kids, and they had more dishes, so yeah. that became a problem. But, no, I mean... I remember when they were young and I would see my like aunts and my uncles and I'm right in the middle of it and like just running around and I'm like, this is the best birth control I could ever like afford. It's <laughs> just like watching my aunt like picking up a screaming like naked toddler from yeah. the sink because it was taking a bath. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't need this. <laughs> and then I look back at my mom and I'm just like, sorry. Because <laughs> as if I like to imagine that that was the worst time and yeah. not me when I was yeah. like. 18 and 19 being like, you don't get me. Like, that wasn't the worst you don't story. understand. Where my mom's like, Jesus, she, he could actually hurt someone else now. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you dabble in stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean, I would say that like, I guess if semi-professional is a word, I've been paid to do it before. I've done yeah. it. I've toured around and done it. So yeah, I've been doing it for about like, 12 years now. How so. did you, I mean, how did you get into it? Uh, so... Um, I was chubby as a kid, always was. And I would like to say that there was a, like, I remember a, a, my brother uh, beat up a bully for me one time. And I was like, you know, thank you. Which is weird to, th- to say thank mm-hmm. you to, like, when your brother, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like beating somebody up and you're like, good job, sport. <laughs> <laughs> and he just told me, he's like, you got to find a way to defend yourself. Yeah. And I realized that one, like, at the time, I was like, believe it or not, like a very small kid. I was like, I can't fight. I don't know if I'm physically imposing. I know I'm kind of funny. So I'm like, if I can make people laugh, they don't get mad at me. So I've always kind of been that. I love attention. Um, when we moved from Virginia to Illinois, um, we got in cable for the first time. And I grew up watching The Simpsons and Martin mm. and like all these older and like a lot of like old black and white movies. Um, me and my best friend became really good friends because we both liked Mel Brooks. And so I just liked this idea of like, this is so cool that they can make people laugh. And then when I was in junior high if you stayed up past 11 30 on comedy central they would play uncensored stand-up so mm. you could hear all the words and they were playing like richard pryor yeah. eddie murphy you know there's a comedian called paulo francisco i really liked um and it was so cool just to like listen and see that and mm-hmm. see all these people and like that they had you know like they had they were just on screen and like it's like what they got paid to do and in my head i'm like they got paid to be, be like to just be themselves and like be cool and like that's yeah. so awesome and then i got you know looking into like andy kaufman and then looking into sketch comedy and stuff so then um i was like 17 18 when i was in college and i said i'm just gonna start doing this so i started a little bit right before college 
like really small and mm-hmm. then started doing it in college and I would drive up to Louisville and perform at the improv there. And then just, yeah, I would do a couple shows in Chicago. I got, um, so have you guys seen 22 Jump Street? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so how, do you know who the Lucas brothers are? No. They're th- so there's a scene where there's all the twins. Oh, yeah. They're the two black twins. Oh, okay. With glasses. I did stand up with them at this NBC. My oh, sister cool. called me. Yeah. My sister, I was interning in the city at a fashion company and my sister was like, hmm. Um, you can laugh at the fashion company thing. Like, yeah, I get that. I, I like clothes, but I was like, it's pretty lights and pretty women. So maybe that's my <laughs> shout in. Um, but then, um, my sister's like, Hey, they're doing the stand-up competition for NBC. They're looking for writers. Um, you should go. It's like all ages. And I'm like, cool. Cause I was 19 at the time. And I was like, all right. So I go down. What she failed to tell me was that, um, it was a product called, or is it, um, it was a show called Stand Up for diversity. And they were looking for mainly, mm diverse writers so <laughs> <laughs> white male <laughs> yeah shocking right and so i was one of three white people in the crowd which was like really actually refreshing yeah so i remember i went and did my set um and this guy next to me was like yeah he kept having the same joke about how he looked like chad kroger who's the lead singer of nickelback yeah and like it didn't hit the first time sure shit didn't hit the seventh time <laughs> um and so they broke us up there was a hundred of us they broke us up into five groups of 20 he was in my group and then they would pick 20 people from there and we got one minute, and we had four talent execs from NBC, and they Thanks. would like right then they'd say in a minute we'll call you back. And so I had one minute, and I had been doing stand up for about a year at the time, and I maybe had six minutes I felt good with. So I went up and I did a set, uh, and then I left, and then like no one knew who I was. All these people had been doing stand up in Chicago, and so I came back, and someone was like, "Who the hell is Ian Mall?" And I was like, "Oh, that's me." And they're like, "Oh shit." And so, like, I made it to the next round. Oh, and, like, huh. there's a guy named Marvin Phipps, uh, really big, just, like, like bodybuilder kind of big um, black guy. And he was like, man, you won't even let us have this, will you? <laughs> <laughs> he was, I, the joke I told was, the joke I told was, do you, th- you can tell Winnie the Pooh was, in ri- was written by white people because they named their la- the loud athletic character Tigger and didn't <laughs> think it offended anybody. <laughs> and I said, do you think it's offended, offensive to tigers in the like lion community like in the <laughs> cat community where like if a lion's like what up my tigger and they're like and um they're like you can't say that word and so i told that joke to a room of black people because i was <laughs> stupid <laughs> no, i bet they loved it I, I, they like they they loved it they thought it was really funny but it was yeah. like terrifying and yeah. Those things were like, yeah that's a that's yeah and like, that I doesn't like, hit then you're hosed i was talking to like a one of the comics that made his name was um mike vaughn and i was like yeah, I was really nervous. He's like, no, but like we got the point of the joke was like that like they, 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 this was allowed to become a thing. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to sound offensive. And I think that's the thing. Um, but I remember doing that. And I was like, yeah, so I got called back. I got another, I got two minutes this time. Did stand up. And then you had to call a phone number and they took the top five and then they did a showcase and stuff. So okay. you had to call a phone number? Yeah, because they wanted to review tape more and stuff. Because I mean, like a woman from NBC came up to me afterwards and was like you've only been doing stand-up for like what a, like two years and i was like like a year and a half and she was like yeah like you're good but you have like no idea yeah. like, like yeah you're green yeah. yeah exactly yeah so that was really refreshing to hear and then i just kept doing it and touring around the country like whenever i was interning i always just kind of pick it up and try to do shows and stuff so yeah okay so uh, would you rather do be like a writer for like a show like snl or be like a big time photographer for like i don't know like the New York Times or something like that. Yeah, that's always really interesting. I think that I would pick the SNL route only because it's a more rare kind of thing. I yeah. think that like 
you know and also like it's easier for me because like i've had my stuff published in the new york times and i've had my stuff um i've never been on snl i've never like kind of thing i think i'd rather do the snl thing because i think comedy to me like especially snl like god it is just so much work it is so hard and like snl is a really rare beast because it's one of those things that's like i need you to write about this thing that happened this week and because the way the internet is now it's like, hey, you know that take on uh, Joe Biden because he like mm-hmm. had like weird sunglasses. That's been made a thousand times. We need a new one now. And just like the way that they keep reworking it. And I've always, I think I've always really liked comedy for the same way I like kind of photography, which is like your ideas. Like, how do I connect with people in my own special way? Like, how do I connect using my either visual eye or my comedic voice to relate to this issue in photography or in the world? So, like, you know, if I take a photo, it's like, how do I make fo- someone feel sad when mm-hmm. I'm telling a joke? How do I make someone bring up a issue about something that I want to bring up? So, mm-hmm. I think I would want to do SNL. I mean, I, I know, it'd be cool, too. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So, take us back to the first time you ever did stand-up. So, the what first time I can like? remember doing stand-up, I was in seventh, sixth grade, and I completely stole um, Pablo... Oh, pretty much every joke from Apollo Francisco said (laughs) like word for word. The only joke that I had made on my own was that I thought it'd be cool to be a milkman. I wanted to always be like a milkman or an ice cream man. Cause I said like, what's a better job than like having an ice cream man. I'm like, think about it. Like if you're an ice cream man, you get to eat ice cream all day. Like that was the concept of the joke. Like there was no like, (laughs) it was the first joke. Yeah. yeah, It was funny. It's like, Oh, this kid's fat. He likes ice cream. Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> well, you said it. You said it. He said chubby. There's a dick. Yeah, my damn. bad. My bad. John. Fucking damn, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, John throwing haymakers tonight. Uh, no. Um, and then I think the next time I did stand-up is I was like, I had done some smaller shows, but then I remember I was in college and they had an open mic. And I had some friends who, my RA on my floor, his name was Dave Christopher. He had rapped. We actually hosted a rap show together on... Um, at the radio station, I didn't rap. We talked about <laughs> music. I'm not a glutton for punishment. Dang, um, that's how we were going to end the episode. G- no, no. <laughs> I would leave. I like. I know. Like, I don't do karaoke. I know where I'm funny. I know my strengths, and that's not one of them. Um, and so I remember just doing it. I remember like doing stand up and just being like terrified because I was like, um, I was like, um, like, what if this goes bad? And like, mm-hmm. I've bombed before, but yeah, that feeling of doing stand up. So like. I, I think college was the first time where I said, here are jokes that I've written. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. And like, there's a great feeling when you're like, hey, here's what I think. And people are like, hooray. And then like, here's what I think. And people are like, I'd rather get booed than knowed. Because like booed at least means you listened. No is like, oh, you don't even need attention. Like you're not even giving me attention. This yeah. Time. So yeah. Like people, like you're doing a show and people literally just say no. Oh, I did a show one time and uh, I was doing a show in um, Savannah big touristy town and i was doing a joke and i wanted two jokes just kind of not hit and i was in like a you know it was like a it was a twelve thirty open mic mm-hmm. you know on a tuesday night and i had to do that i was just like the guy was just like kill yourself <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh what dang he's like kill yourself and i said would that be more entertaining than this he goes i don't know how'd you do it oh shit man like i've had people <laughs> like yeah say stuff like that and then um you know, you got to think on your feet. Yeah. People you got to think on your feet. People are I mean, Chris Rock just got slapped for telling the joke. I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> crazy times we live in. It's not crazy times. I mean, it was a shitty joke by Chris yeah. Rock in the first place. So, like, they're both, in the, they're both in the wrong. And that's my opinion on that. So, Well, do you think 
Well, I guess you kind of just answered it, but I mean, do you think they're jokes that cross the line or do you think it's the comedian's job to push the line? Uh, my rule of thumb is never punch down. So like, don't like, like, what is the point? Like, I really get frustrated about jokes that are like, you know, like women are dumb because they have vaginas. It's like, what, what the, what's that? <laughs> what's that? Jo- like, what is the point? Right. Or like, like people making fun of like, you know, oh, black people are so ghetto and stuff like that. When you're punching down, it's like, wh- why are you making fun of like groups of people that have been marginalized their entire lives? It's not a good, like, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. So I like to look the opposite way in it. So like I did a stand-up joke that's about how I went on a prostitution sting. And I was like, I'm not going to make fun of prostitutes. What I will make fun of is like what police believe like sexting is. Because like they have to like sext to get these people to like show up to a hotel room. And so like, have you ever read like what you think like a, like a 28-year-old dude that like grew up in Barnsdall thinks sexting is it's hilarious because they'll be like oh yeah like I'm wearing this and it's like oh, man you guys aren't even creative like hire somebody <laughs> at least ghost right for you like wearing I didn't even know khakis that they did that. yeah they have to like because they're sting operations yeah. and stuff yeah khakis is yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're pleated and yeah. like, you know. Ooh. <laughs> and so I think it's really easy to make fun of like you know a prostitute in that mm. situation but the way I look at it is like I don't know how they got in the, put in that situation I don't know how what that is and like sex work should be legal and unionized anyway. So I'm not going to make fun of that. And if I were to use a joke, it would be to pu- push that issue. Um, but yeah, just like don't punch down. Like it's not fun. And I think that's the whole thing with like the Chris Rock thing is like you made fun of somebody who lost their hair because of alopecia that she's been very public with. Mm-hmm. Also, you made a GI Jane joke and that movie came out 25 years ago. Like, <laughs> wow, you're really on the, uh, you're on the forefront of a uh, culture <laughs> there, Chris. And like, and the thing is like, I know you're good. So yeah, but there you go. Um, so, what is your process for coming up with material, writing jokes, building a set? How long think, does that take? Uh, I mean, I try to write every day. Something. I mean, a lot of times I'll just hear something in conversation. I'll bounce stuff off friends. Um, and I think that just like if something's happening in the uh, in the media, I try to look at it. And you obviously are looking at other comedy and trying to see what people's takes are. And you know, a lot of times it's like I see a lot of people always zigging. Is there a way I can zag? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and there's sometimes where you just don't get. You just like you don't get the joke and you don't write it, but. I think when you put together a set, you got to know like where the show's going to be, what the crowd's going to be like. You know, I have a lot. I you know, I cover sports. I have a lot of jokes about football. I probably am not going to go do that to a show if I'm in Austin in a hipster part of town. I know I'm probably not going to do a joke. I did a joke about uh, how Jay Z put out an album called Four 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 in response to Lemonade, which Beyonce made, which is about um, Jay Z cheating on her, and Four 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 is his apology. And my joke for that is, do you remember when people used to fight in private, <laughs> right? And I told that to uh, in a South Tulsa comedy club at the Looney Bin, and nobody laughed. And the follow-up joke I said was, I should have known you guys wouldn't laugh about rap music when you guys laughed about the uh, Trailer Park Hall of Fame, which is a <laughs> com- comedian before me had made a joke about that. So you just have to know your audience, yeah. too. And so, like, you know, like, a lot of people were like, oh, what's your take on Trump? That was a huge issue. And I really couldn't find one. Like, the only joke that I made about Trump is that I felt like Trump was just, like, the worst version of Huck Finn, which mm. was just like, I'm going to make China pay, I'm going to make Mexico pay for the wall. And it's like, dude, everyone knows like you, like that you just want someone else to paint the fence. And even then, it's like, eh. I think that's the hardest thing is like when you really like a concept, mm-hmm. and, but you can't get it to work. Yeah. And, but what's really exciting is like I just made a bit that I really like, which is about like I think catcalling is wrong because like obviously like we shouldn't degrade women and stuff, but I think we're also using the wrong animal. Like, I think we should do dog calling, which is just giving them compliments for doing basic things. <laughs> if you do a dog. So, like, I'll be honest, if someone came up to me and I was drinking a nice coffee and they're like, oh, is someone getting a little pick-me-up today? I'd be like, yeah. 
Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, so, like who's got like who's got new jeans? I'm like, I've got new jeans. Like, Do you like those new jeans? Like, I love those new jeans. So like, that's the issue is it's not it's it's like just you you picked the wrong animal to compliment because like yeah. cats are kind of flippant. They just would just be like nice tits and then just like, walk away. It's like because yeah. like, they don't give a crap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that is a good take. How uh, how often do you do like do you perform? Uh, I used to be a lot more being pandemic through a wrench in time of with course. things, but you know I try to go up on stage maybe like one to two times a month, uh, depending on my schedule. I work nights, but you know here and there. I mean, I think it sometimes comes in bursts where I'll do five six shows in a month, and then I will like maybe go two months without doing it or okay. something like that. So yeah. And then do you like obviously you said like you write different sets for like the different people or whatever but how often do you like repeat a set i think you like part of it is like getting that set down and making it feel good so i mean i would say that if you the stuff that i perform that i feel comfortable with if you like put a gun to my head i could probably do an hour of stand-up oh wow okay would it be all of it good probably not yeah but that is also over like 10 years of writing that i can put together jokes that i'm like i've had these jokes i've said these jokes i can um they can um, hit and everything. And I think you build a joke kind of the way like you build, you, you kind of build it in where you're trying to layer it, where it's like, I know this is going to be good. I'm going to try something new. If that fails, I can fall back on something that's going to be good. Because like if I'm doing a showcase and stuff, if I bring friends out, I know you guys have seen me do mm-hmm. stand-up before. Um, not stand, but <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where like I also feel pressure because like I'm not a big-time comic. You guys are taking time mm-hmm. out of your day. Yeah. Um, depend. I can't control who the openers are, so you might hear some uh, real interesting stuff that I'm not <laughs> have any control over, and I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And so I never thought I'd have to go up and go. Hey, I'm really sorry that that guy talked about um, his dick for 40 minutes. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I thought it'd be 20. <laughs> really, really is obsessed with it. Um, but I think that you want to make sure that like people are having an enjoyable time. And yeah. Like, yeah. I think a good comic knows how to like bomb. Like a really good comic will bomb and still make it funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a great thing. And like, it's nice. So, yeah. So, what, when you're coming out with new material and you're mm-hmm. testing stuff out, what percentage of it works out and what percentage of it doesn't? So, let's say I write in a month, if I write 20 new jokes, if I can get one of those that's like a 45 seconds to a minute long, mm-hmm. I'd consider that like a good month. Dang. Like, yeah. So, like you're I like running um, through a lot of material to get that one minute. So like, Yeah. Um, and on it, I have to look for it because the first joke I wrote is Trump three names. I don't know why I even had it. But like <laughs> right here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He's just scrolling through his phone. Yeah. yeah that's, and that's it's just lot. like, and there's things on here. such, you know, here we go. Um, landing a plane waffle house. Um, polite <laughs> broken foot. Uh, so, so they're not jokes. They're so, no, no, but like, I, I know what the they are. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah they're okay. um, get you locker to the room joke. rapping. Uh, that one is about how um, I was at <laughs> I was in Broken Arrow, which is the high school here's locker room, and they all were rapping, and there was a very um, excited white kid who was rapping, and every time the N word would come up, like there'd be like there was like three kids, three black kids on the team whose job was to just make sure this white kid did not say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> Like they would just like look at him, and he'd be like, and they'd be like, okay, like, because <laughs> like good. I hate to do it, man. Like we would, yeah. we're just gonna have to beat your ass if yeah. you say it. Um, and so I think you get stuff like that, yeah. and then like there's some jokes that like, like there's some that like obviously a little bit harder, uh, uh, ones that are really easily. Oh, Token's a funny one. Token is, um, I one time accidentally said the word token instead of taken, and it reminded me of like 
the Claremore version of the movie Taken with Liam Neeson. It's <laughs> <laughs> essentially a dude kicking open a trailer door and being like, I swear to God, if you don't come home right now. Um, so that's Tooken. Um, and so like some of them hit and some of them don't. But I also like, I have like three really close friends that I will be like, hey, I think I have a funny joke. Mm. And I will talk to them about it. And if like two yeah. of them think it's funny, then I'll be like, okay. So like there's a lot, like most of the, so of the jokes that are bad here, there are worse jokes where I've told where I've had my friend Austin Anthony, who's mm-hmm. been my best friend since college, um, will be like, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. And Austin's helped me out with a couple of jokes. He did a great joke uh, about Tom Brady's retirement that I really liked, which is, it's nice to know, because Tom Brady's dad is the one that announced his retirement. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's nice to know that your parents won't let you like control your life even when you've won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> where it's like, it's like, are you going to retire? And then like they asked his dad, and his dad is like, well, no, he's not going to retire. <laughs> And it's like, I just imagine that conversation. Which like, I don't want to do football anymore, but it's like, Thomas, you're so good at it. What are you doing? You know, his dad's Jewish in that s- situation. I don't know why. But um, yeah, but Austin's great. Um, he's, um, yeah. <laughs> That's a way to stifle that yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I mean, and then even once you come up with your jokes, I mean, you probably continue to tweak them. There's a rhythm. Like I know, like so. I've done a couple jokes. Like you know, I've written a couple jokes that are eight minutes, ten minutes long. They're like stories, mm-hmm. and in that story, you got to pepper in stuff. So you're like, you know, this is good, but like, so you know, how do I connect from this point to that point to make somebody laugh? Uh, when you guys saw me do stand up, did I do the joke about my parents being did DD for my parents or no? I don't think so. I don't no, think I don't so. think I. Yeah, no, no, that was the show before. I forgot what was my longer joke that I had worked on with you. Um, that I had done. Um, and so I think that's something that you got to work on. Um, keeping people engaged. Well, mm-hmm. like, yeah, because like the rule of thumb is always like you want to keep people laughing every 20 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I did. So, like, it starts with the concept. So, I have a joke that Stan, you've not heard this, they have, mm-hmm. which is that there's the BOK Tower is an exact replica of the night of the World Trade Center in um tulsa Mm -hmm. and when i went to go photograph it the security guard told me i couldn't because it was an issue of homeland security and in that moment i believed that the security guard thought that 9-11 happened strictly for architectural reasons (laughs) that like (laughs) al-qaeda was like we don't like the way this building looks and so they were offended by like minimalist design right (laughs) and so you get that concept and you're like okay so i have this joke yeah how do i get it so as i'm going throughout it Mm -hmm. and then like to hit the punchline and then what do I use to like kind of tag off that punchline? And then yeah. if I'm telling a story, so then I'm like, all right, if I've got this joke, well, what if I want to connect it? So I have another joke that's about how, um, like, I don't understand why we have to stand up for the national anthem during baseball. And a lot of times at like sporting events, you'll hear people be like, you know, if it wasn't for our brave men and women, we wouldn't be playing baseball or yeah. sports here today. And I'd say, I don't know, the Nazis were pretty competitive. <laughs> I think we'd still have sports. Yeah. They would just look a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Like so like I think it's a weird claim to be like, if we lost World War II, we want to play baseball. It's like, no, they'd be a lot less Ramirez's <laughs> in it, but like we'd still play baseball. <laughs> or like a different German I don't know what yeah. they do in Germany, like throw beer steins over a fence <laughs> or something. Like, but we do something. So I and then so you try to build upon that. So I think that's the hardest thing with like a good co- I've seen comics who go up and they do their jokes and they're all discontinued jokes. But like comics I really love, comics that I really um, uh, like our storytelling comics is a guy named Sean Patton who's incredible mm. that tells these long like, 10, 12 minute long stories that are really, really good. Um, but they're all cohesive and then you take a step back and you're like, oh, that set was about friendship. That entire hour was about friendship mm-hmm. but we sprinkled in all these different jokes about insert shenanigans here. So. Yeah. Hmm. 
No, that's cool. I think someone that's really good at that is, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Mike Birbiglia? Oh, love Mike Birbiglia. Man, he tells like a 45-minute yeah. story, and it, it you're just like sucked in the entire time. So part of that, too, is like Mike Birbiglia like worked with NPR to learn how to do like audio storytelling, that's which cool. I think is really cool. Yeah. Like that you have these com- like comedies being pushed in all these different ways. Like, like um, there's a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale mm-hmm. that I thought was fascinating, and it's a, it's a fake radio podcast in a fake town in the 50s that's all taken place as like a weird Twilight Zone town. But like it's a like it's a joke and it's creepy, but it never references itself. I think that like we're in a golden nature comedy because you can make people laugh in so many different ways. Yeah. Like there's a guy called Fake Handshakes that I follow. Oh no, it's called Obvious Plant. I'm sorry. Obvious Plant makes fake products. Like he made a floppy <laughs> disk that's called the goat internet. And he's like, and it's like, upload it to your computer and you can finally get on the secret goat internet. <laughs> All the secrets you've ever wanted to know. And he'll just put it in a store. <laughs> so oh, like someone so will like look at it. Like, buy it. One of them was like, oops, all fingers. And it was just like a bag full of fingers. And I think that's great. My friend Jack Wood, who used to uh, own Chimera, he hosts trivia at Woodier. Did you say oops, all fingers? Yeah, dude, it's called, it's called Obvious Plant. It's one of the funniest things. It's a bag of fingers. It's just a bag of fake fingers. And then, like, all of the advertising on it's like, oops, our bad. Like, there should be toes in this, but there's not. And it's great. It's great. Like, I think that, like, like, I think comedy is a great thing. Because, like, I got my friend Austin and I were talking about this. Um, Like, I think jackass is, like, a high form of modern art. Because, like, you're breaking down, like, things on a visceral yeah. human level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you could show jackass in a theater in, like, Indonesia and people mm-hmm. will laugh. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, they don't have to understand the language. But, like, and, like, like you also get, like, these primal things of, like, I've seen, like, there's one of my favorite jackass bits is they take a jet turbine and they turn it on full speed. Yeah. And they try to, like, do stuff in it. And they, one of them is catch a football. So they huck a football up there and it's, like, yeah. <laughs> and you, cause they cut to Steve-O and he's legitimately scared. And it's, like. Like, film, if, if it's supposed to touch us, if we're supposed to experience all these human emotions, yeah. these guys have done this yeah. in a way, but they, like, when they get hurt, they're also really... I could talk about this for hours. Like, <laughs> this is one of my weird things I get on rant, tan, tangents about. I got on another tangent today earlier about trains, how they'll save America, but that's a different time for a different, that's a different time. <laughs> he was actually just talking to Mason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, man, I'll tell you, we built trains. We could really help on a lot of things, but anyways... I think that, like, that's what I love about, like, right now, so many people are like, oh, PC culture, oh, like, you can't say anything, you know, it's like, no, you're not funny, also, like, we've heard these takes for so long, Mm -hmm. we've been called fat and stupid and gay, yeah, and all these offensive words for so long, all of a sudden, those people now have an avenue, are now getting a space to go, well, like, is it, like, being straight's boring, there's a uh, TikTok where my friend for, or Instagram, my friend, she went to Ohio University and they have a big party and it's a big block party for uh, for uh, Halloween and she took photos of every Guy Fieri she could find. Everyone that was dressed up as Guy Fieri and she made this entire montage of just Guy Fieri's mm. and it's hilarious yeah. because you're like one of those things where like every one of those guys has a look on their face that goes, I'm the only Guy Fieri today and it's like, no, there's 17 of them. You're not unique. <laughs> like yeah. you never will be and I'm like, I think that's great. I think it's great. So yeah, yeah. I think it's an exciting time for that. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to get into some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. Okay. So John wrote most of these, but they're all great. Um, so you're very good at gut reactions, so I'm not worried about you dwelling too much on it. Um, number one, what dish do you cook the best? 
Oh, I make like a caprese salad pasta, like chicken, tomato, parmesan, basil. It's what my mm. mom made as a kid. It's a big comfort food mm. for me. Like anytime I feel sad or lonely. During the pandemic, I think I was making it almost weekly. Like, <laughs> um, but I would say that or I make a pretty decent pad thai. Oh, eggs too. I'm really good at eggs. <laughs> like <laughs> boiled eggs, like hard boiled, like what uh, all, so of, all eggs. So <laughs> one of my so one of my New Year's resolutions, I try to make a series of New Year's resolutions. One of them was I wanted to learn to make eggs forty different ways. Dang. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't realize you could make them forty different ways. Have well, you done yeah. the jokes you, on me? Yeah, jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Um, who's on your Mount Rushmore of comedy? Oh, so Mel Brooks, I would say, is definitely on there. I would say um, Richard Pryor. Um, I would say Matt uh, Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons. Hmm. I think just that he's incredible, um, and it's a tie between. Gene Wilder, John Mulaney. Gene Wilder, I've never met a man who was so tender that was so funny. Hmm. He was just, he was a man that like, I, he was just so good. And Mel Brooks is, I think, one of like the funniest people that's ever existed. Richard Pryor is fantastic. That's a tough question, but that would be the four yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what, what is the dumbest purchase you've ever made? Ugh. <laughs> a degree... <laughs> A degree in photojournalism and pop culture studies <laughs> double major is pretty up there. Uh, so I'll give you two answers. I think the dumbest purchase I made was I bought a hat online. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a hat guy. But my head is notoriously big. When I played football, they had to order a special helmet for me. Um, and I would like put it on. And I just had like a Curb Your Enthusiasm moment that was like, what did you expect? <laughs> like this was gonna fit? What did you expect? Uh, and then I would say, in hindsight, I was dating my ex, and I spent like five hundred and sixty dollars on Hamilton tickets, and we broke up like like eight months later. Oh, and dang. like I remember, like I paid for it through a firm where you like get paid like fifty bucks, you know, with oh. interest and stuff. And so like yeah, like after the breakup, it was like, hey, by the way, uh, we're taking fifty five dollars away oh, from no. you. <laughs> As a reminder, of your <laughs> this is a reminder that, like, your love is dead. So is your bank account. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest. This is gonna be a hot take. Hamilton's fine. It's fine. There's better plays. Watch more theater. And if you want to know more about history, read books. And if you want to know more about Black history, read books that you weren't told about when you were in high school. <laughs> but like, and I like Lin Manuel Miranda. I think In the Heights is a much yeah. better production by him. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, if you could transform into an animal, what would it be? My favorite animal is a bear, and I think that that would probably be my answer. I just like anything that is like cute but intimidating. What type of bear? Like a panda bear? Uh, grizzly, probably. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Koala bear. Dumb. <laughs> no, polar bears are dying. No, koala bear. Oh, uh, no, no. Koala bears are like <laughs> also like ninety percent of koala bears have STDs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like they sleep all chlamydia, the time. They're right? mean. Well, yeah, it's chlamydia. Yeah, 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 that's the main one. It would be weird if it was like, well, it's a range of them actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just freaks. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like the grizzly bear, or I don't know, like a tortoise would be kind of cool because like. They did a study that if you put a turtle in a perfectly environmental, like in a perfectly like, environmental oasis, it could live for four hundred years. Dang! So like that'd be kind of cool. Like there's tortoises that were alive when like McKinley was president. Yeah, I don't know, but I'd also be a tortoise. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is living long that yeah, long word the point? What's <laughs> the point? Uh, what's the riskiest dare you've ever done? God, um, <laughs> that, that you can say on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I streaked a couple times in places that were real questionable. Uh, oh, um, I'll trade you a risky stare with the dumbest thing I did. I was at a party one time. I was drinking. I saw a dude cutting an apple. 
with a knife. And I said, can I see your knife? And he threw it across the, the kitchen with the knife open, and I just caught it. Mm. And the whole party went silent. Wait, did you actually catch it or just stab your hand? Oh, no, no, I caught it. Oh, wow. whole party, you know, my friend Adri walked over and goes, hey, I need to talk to you. She's like, look at my hand. And she's like, what happened? And like, I had no idea what I did. I was just like, I was like, knife, caught it. <laughs> and like, I didn't have the concept where she's like, and I remember because like, Adri Funky, who's like, works in publishing now, uh-huh. she's one of the smartest people I've ever met. She was like, this could have went there. <laughs> no this good. And, I was your like, hand. and then I remember being like, uh-huh. Explain <laughs> it to me like I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so. uh, what's uh, and ignore recency bias unless it is the yeah. best. What's the best concert you've ever attended? I mean, uh, before, so I just went to go see LCD Sound System, which I loved, and I would say that concert was incredible. I would say before that would be a tie between I saw Leon Bridges on his home tour, mm. and he came out and played River with just an acoustic yeah. guitar, him and his backup singer, mm. and. That was like insane. I just like was in- yeah. Here's a big uh, hint. If I cry, I love it. So I just bawled. And then uh, Elton John was incredible. Yeah. Elton John was really good. But LCD Sound System was just like so many things. I mean, it's just it's a really special band for me, and I feel like I've grown up with them. I got to see it with friends. I got to see it in the time in my life that I really needed to see it. Um, and so I would say they were. And I didn't think they were going to tour again at all. Um, so if you guys haven't listened to them, um, you should. They're like the Talking yeah. Heads, but like angstier. Yeah, hmm. Amy and I are actually seeing Leon Bridges uh, next week at the nice. end of April. Is he at uh, uh, Tulsa Theater? Tulsa Theater, yeah. Yeah, I saw him at Kane's when he did that show, and then he came through Tulsa Theater. But like, he yeah. did really good. But yeah, we're seeing Nathaniel Rateliff at Kane's yeah. next. Oh, week. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. love to see him. Yeah. Um, to answer your worst qu- uh, worst concert was a tie between Chainsmokers and um, New Kids on the Block. Chainsmokers were just jerks. They're like, you guys like this? Like, do you guys like this music? Like, eh. It's like, oh, like, eat, eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like euphoria without the drug use. Like, yeah. you're boring. Like, yeah. what is this? And then, like, New Kids on the Black were just bad. They just sounded awful. They were just, like, so bad. And, like, so many, like, moms were just like, oh, my God. Like, Mark, I'm like, they're not, like, they're not even hot anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to go for hot older men, that's cool. But, like, they're not it. Boys to Men played before them, and everybody got pregnant. Every single person <laughs> got pregnant. And, like, they just went, and they're like, I'm going to steal you. I'm going to steal you. I'm going to steal you. And the women were just like, hell yeah, man. Like, I have never felt more. Like, when Boys to Men was singing, I'm like, yeah, you can take my credit card. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, man. Like, do what you want. Uh, one of the things I hate, well, one of the things I hate about Spotify is how whenever you're listening to a song, they you know show you picture of the band but it's yeah. always a current oh, picture yeah. of the band yeah uh, but like you know it's like when you're listening to like blink 182 or <laughs> yeah my you know a <laughs> band that was really popular in 2000s and has since done a lot of drugs yeah you know it, it's like oh they yeah. have not aged well every <laughs> pop punk band it's like oh you've either been arrested or written a manifesto about how women suck and it's like <laughs> i shouldn't be shocked by this but like when all of your b- songs are just like melissa you're i, I hate you because you don't <laughs> love me and it's yeah. like I don't like Melissa's not allowed to love you, man. It's cool. I'll still sing along with them. Dear Maria, count me in. It's a great song. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Ian, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Um, oh, do I, you want to plug anything? Uh, no, I guess um, anything that I would say is like support your local newspaper. I yeah. don't think enough people do that. Like everyone complains about like, hey, you guys don't cover this. It's like we do. Support your local newspaper <laughs> if you can. Um, and like go try to go see local comedy. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be good. Uh, I won't ever make that promise, but <laughs> that's a cool, we should have asked in the where 
So it is local. Evan I mean, Hughes I, puts on a lot of shows, and so there's monthly shows at the Vanguard, Heirloom, Sound Pony, Mercury Lounge. There's open mics that are at Fur Shop and Sat and uh, Starlight. Uh, Laura Cook and um, Hilton Price do a mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. at Starlight that I love. That's in a great room. It's one of my th- better, one of my favorite rooms in town that I've played. They do great stuff all the time. Uh, there's a group called Tulsa Comedy Collective. You can always try to jump in on mm. and just like kind of follow. But like some local comics that I would plug that I think are great are uh, Ryan Green, Lauren Turner, um, the comics that I've mentioned before. Uh, T.J. Clark is great. Michael Zampino is really good. Um, Yasmin um, is incredible. She opened for um, she did a show with uh, Russell Westbrook a while back. She's really, really funny. Mackenzie Bryant. She just got married, so I think it's a different name. But I think that, like, yeah, go check out these people, and they're great because they're – I will say this. Like, for as many cringe comics I've seen, I've also seen a good handful of comics where I'm like, shit, that was really funny. Like, that nice. was really expected. Um, like, and, like, jokes that I – like, like jokes that I would never have thought of that I'm, yeah. like, crying laughing about. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have an, any upcoming shows? Nothing planned right now, but uh, we'll see. I mean, if there are, I can just – I'll just sprint through the podcast and yeah, like, hey, nice. yeah. come do that. I'll plug it. I'll buy ad time. <laughs> oh, how much? How much are you charging for twenty seconds? Yeah, under? six pack. A six pack, cool. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. I would. We'll, you should. We'll just bring you on to do a live read, and, <laughs> and we'll you know we'll, pop a cold we'll one. stone cold it. And I will. Ask. I will only read for Blue Chew, even if we're not sponsored by them. I'm like, listen, I've never used Blue Chew, but I support the product. <laughs> do you like gummies? Do you like erections? Then I got something for you. Um, I'm like Audible. Who needs to get smarter? We need to get harder. Blue Chew coming at you. Um, boom. There we go. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, and we'll go ahead and wrap this up. All right, awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks.